Sometimes change can feel scary, but it can also be exhilarating. A time to stretch our boundaries, embrace opportunity, and start something new. Welcome to the Baby Brunch Parenting Series, made just for you by BrightRock, the provider of the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. This is a Baby Brunch Podcast. So excited today to chat to a mom who has an initiative of hope. She brings a good message to moms and probably those who could not be a mom because of circumstance. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how you encourage and love and support and give hope to women who have experienced miscarriage, stillbirth and infant loss. But Nanki Robertson, before I even talk about how you help other people, you are helping other people because this happened to you. Yes. Baby Joshua was my firstborn. Um, I was pregnant with my second son. Mm-hmm. Um, we called him Caleb. I had a very good pregnancy. I was very healthy. And I was almost full term pregnant and I was climbing in bed. It was a Tuesday evening. I realized I haven't felt him move that whole day. So if you say almost full term, how many weeks were you? 39 weeks. Because I carried my babies up until the one thirty-eight, and the other one only 34 weeks. Wow. So yeah. you're 39 weeks. He's ready. Yes. <laughs> well, we were ready. Mm. We were ready for him. Yes. And then... I told my husband, I haven't felt Caleb move that day. And we used to have a little ritual where I used to poke him and my husband would also come and poke him and you would get a reaction always. And at that time, we didn't get any reaction. And my tummy actually felt different. It felt like there were no resistance. It actually felt totally different. So At that point, I knew there was something wrong. You want to climb in bed with your husband and you want to perform this ritual. Hierdie ritual met jou klein babaakie wat ongebore is, maar is reg. Wat gebeur volgende? Gaan jy hospital toe of begin jy hard op bid? What what went through your mind? Well, the first thing is I, I called my midwife. I was at a midwife at that stage. I also have been seeing a, a gynecologist, but I had more a personal relationship with a midwife, so I phoned her and I told her what I was experiencing and she said I must go to hospital immediately. I then told my husband, okay, phone your parents so that they can watch my firstborn, Joshua. And I actually told my husband, we have to leave now before they even are here. I think I realized the emergency. Mm. So we left for hospital. Was the pregnancy healthy up until that point? Perfect. Everything was perfect. I was for all my gynae visits. I actually saw my midwife that Friday and everything was fine. fine. I saw my gynae two weeks before that and she actually said, oh, everything looks perfect. He has... So 
wat het gebeurt toe jylle by die hospitaal kom? Hulle het eers probeer met die Doppler sy haarklop optel, en hulle kon nie sy haarklop kry nie. Hulle, die verpleegsters daar het nogal bekommerd, ek kon sien hulle is begin stress, en toch gaan hulle aan die ene, gaan hulle nog een Doppler, en dan sê hulle, miskien werk daar een nie, dan soek hulle weer, en dan sê hulle vir my, ach, per ty keer kryp die babiekies weg. Hmm. Maar, ek het dit nie gesê nie, maar ek het in my kop gedink, doe maar, ek hmm. weet, hy is nie meer daar nie. Toe bel hulle die gynekoloog, toe kom sy, toe doen sy een sonar, en ek sal al die woorde nood, ek dink die woorde sit in jou kop verewig, ek is jammer, daar is nie meer hard klop nie. Ja. Kon jy hom sien, toe sy die, toe sy die sonar doen? Kon jy ja. sien, hy beweeg nie? Ja, ek kon sien, hy beweeg nie, en sy het vir my gewaas, was jy haarkie ook, hy kon sien, daar is geen beweging nie. You knew, but they didn't. You said you knew, but but what what happens when you when your gynae tells you that your child has stopped moving and he's still inside of you? It's a shock. I think it's something you cannot process at that point. It's too big. It's too severe. You, I think it's still unreal. I think your brain doesn't really take that truth at that time. I was in shock. My husband started crying, but I was I was completely in shock. Although I think I went into mommy mode, meaning we as moms always feel, what have I done something wrong? Mm. So immediately I asked her, could I have killed him? Because I've been very emotional. You didn't kill your baby. No, I know, but you, you go there. You always do. You think you must have done something. We as moms feel mm. it's our responsibility to keep our children safe. In fact, it's not our responsibility. It's God's. We partner with him and we do what we can. But we as moms believe it is our responsibility. And at that time, I did feel like it was my responsibility. So what did I do wrong? Where did mm. I fail? That was my immediate question. What What did I do wrong? Could I have caused this? You're a believer? Yes. Who do you blame? What do you say? Do you say like, I met a mom and we, we had a conversation with her for baby brunch. And even though I've known her for years, we've never spoken about her little girl who as she says, was born to go to heaven. And it took her 14 years to talk about it. It took her a very long time. Three years later, you're sitting in this chair and you're able to talk about loss, suffering, and about your son. Why why are you able to do that? How are you able to do that? Some people in my life told me I'm very strong. I don't think I'm strong. I think I'm a normal human being with weaknesses, but I have a very strong God in my life. And that is why I can do this. In the hospital, 
there were came a lady who spoke to me and she said you must ask God to help you how to grieve and I think the beginning of my journey I did just that I prayed to God and said I don't know how to do this mm. teach me how to grieve well and I believe he did help me did they take him out of c-section or yes. did you have to give No, they took him out of C-section because the doctor was concerned about infection. Mm. Um, so the next day I had to go into hospital and they performed the C-section. They wanted to put me under um, mm -mm. so I can sleep, but I said, no, do it like you do all normal C-sections with oh. spinal. Um, I wanted to be there mm -hmm. because I realized part of this journey now I must experience it I must see it I must feel it by avoiding it will just prolong the process Grieving, and complicate yeah. it mm -hmm. so I wanted to be there when you left the hospital because I would I mean a, a part of me wants you to say I went to the hospital and when I heard that Caleb is gone. They took him out. But they, they sent you home? Yes, they sent me home. The doctor said I had to process it a little bit. At that point, I couldn't understand it because I just wanted to get it done and over with. But now in hindsight, I think it was the best thing she could have done. I hear a lot about people who go to the gynae's office and they discover that the baby has died. And then they do a DNC straight, you know, they, they go into the hospital straight away, do the DNC. I think it's not the right way. I think it's good if you have some time to process what has happened. Mm. So I think it was good for me, although it was extremely hard. What did you do that night? We went home and... I started packing my bag for hospital, although it was already packed. I rearranged it. I can still remember this so vividly. I remembered standing with a nappy in my hand, thinking, must this go with? Must I wow. take it out? Am I going to put a nappy on him or not? You prepare for birth perfectly, but you don't prepare for this. So I had no clue. So I tried to figure out. I kept in a nappy for in case you don't know. I took um, out most of the clothes because I knew I'm only going to dress him once. Yes, so you just leave in one pair of clothes. So I, I rearranged the bag. My husband and my eldest son climbed into bed with me and they fell asleep and I was lying there awake trying to think what has happened, why has it happened. It didn't make any sense for me. So I was really trying just to make sense of it and I tried to speak to God And he actually did tell me something then in my spirit that night. And it was very profound. 
I felt in my spirit God telling me, life on this earth is just a speckle in comparing to life eternity. Mm. And that helped me a lot further on to make sense of it. Tears this afternoon and I... I cannot imagine any of this because even earlier when we spoke, when when someone is pregnant, you expect a baby. Yes. You don't expect a grief. Um, the yes. next day you went back? Yes. Yes, we went back. But the whole process in that hospital was very kind. Everyone there were very compassionate, caring, sensitive. Even in theater, when they did the cesarean, it was so quiet but peaceful. Mm. There was something holy almost there in the theater. Um, Respect. It, It was a very special atmosphere. Then they took him out with cesarean and the the doctor said when she took him out that there was a knot in his umbilical cord Mm. and she said it's probably why he has passed away. Then they took him away. I didn't see him then. Um, The nurses cleaned him and prepared him for me. Then they took me to recovery and then to a private room, not in the maternity ward, they took me to another ward, which was very thoughtful. So there were no other babies around. And then they brought him to my room, to me and my husband. So they brought him to me and handed him to me. And I was actually very calm and collected that whole day. Um, I wasn't overly emotional. But when he handed They handed me Caleb. That was when I was crushed. Then you see, you see him and you see what it is that you have lost. They gave us some time with him. We spent about three hours, three to four hours with him. Um, Which was amazingly special. I will never forget that time. It was, you know, you only have this, so you make the most of it. So I held him. I, you know, you count all the fingers. You feel the fingers. You feel the ears. You feel the toes. You you feel, you touch, you kiss, you look, because you know this is all you have and these memories must last you forever. He was also laying on my chest for a long time. Almost like after birth, they would put baby on your chest. And I did that. And for some moments, I thought he was just sleeping because he was looking perfectly normal. His lips were just a little bit purple and his nails. And there were a few places, but not a lot, where the skin was starting to come off, but very little. But he actually looked 
very normal with his eyes closed. So I imagined that sometimes, oh, he's just sleeping, he will wake up. But then you tell yourself, no, he's not sleeping. A friend of mine took some pictures. I regret not getting a professional photographer because our pictures are very limited and I think there's so much more you can do and that's the only thing you have afterwards. So we did take some pictures. I did dress him. I did put on that one nappy thing. I dressed him in clothes. Um, Some people I heard afterwards, they bath their babies and I'm very... I wish I thought of that. I, but nobody told me. Mm-hmm. So you could bath him if you want to. Um, but no one prepares you for that. No one mm-hmm. talks you through, this is the options to do this and that. For example, I'm, I think we made a mistake not letting my oldest son come in as well. Right. Yes. How old was he at the time? He was... Three and a bit, mm-hmm. between three and four. Yeah, we, we thought it's best for him not to be exposed to that. But knowing what I know now, I think that was a mistake. I think everything you did was right. Because that's what you knew at the time. Yeah, we didn't have enough time to think things through. I I really wish I could do a lot of things differently. But at that time, yes, I think that's mm. all we could have done. I am sorry for your loss. I could never imagine. I can relate to sadness, but I cannot relate. Ek kan nie, ek kan myself nie vereenselvig in die groote van jou verlies nie. Dit is, dit is jou baba. Hmm. When do you give him back? That was the hardest. After about three hours, the nurses came in and told me, the people from the funeral company was there. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not ready. But I didn't say anything. I knew I have to give him back. So I was holding him, kissing him. And then I told my husband, just take him because I cannot give him. Take him from me because I was not able to hand him over and give him away. My husband had to take him from me, and he did. But that was the hardest to give him away. I know, Kim. I can swear in our studio, and... We're wiping off our tears. (laughs) But he's in heaven now. Yes. And he's safe. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that your truth? Yes, of course. If we didn't have that, then I wouldn't... Yeah. This is my enigste truth. My enigste truth is that it's good with him. 
dat hij gelukkig is, dat hij verzorgd is, maar ook dat hij steeds leven. I love that. Ja. Hij leven steeds. Hij leven. Ja. Nee, nee. Nie by my nie, Mm-mm. maar hy lewe, hy het nie ophou bestaan nie, hy bestaan het op een ander dimensie, in een ander dimensie, maar dit is my troos, ja, dit is een groot troos. Dit is een groot troos, ja. En dit is wat ek vir ander mense wil sê. What do you want to tell a mommy who's listening? I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I want to give you the biggest hug and hold you and tell you exactly that, that, that your son is good and that, and that as a mom, I know you referred to, to mistakes earlier, but you did what you knew at the time and that, that is awesome and you, you did it right, you did, you did it right every step of the way. What do you want to tell moms listening that, that is suffering loss? That is suffering a change, women, that's so big that you think you're never going to bounce back. Do you bounce back? Yes, you do, but you are different. You are a different person. Grief is an unavoidable process. So it's something you must grab on with both hands and take it, go through it, face it, but also be very kind to yourself. I think allow yourself to grieve because society doesn't allow people to grieve the way they should. So if you don't give yourself space and time and permission to do that, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run because the grief never goes away mm. if you don't address it. So I threw myself into the grief process. You know, I grieved. I took time off from work. I was a few months at home. So I would really say to mom suffering loss, Take time to grieve. Don't go back to work the next Monday. You have to spend time dealing with it, processing it, um, writing, getting your thoughts and feelings out because you cannot keep it all in. Write about it. Talk about it. You said I can talk about it so freely, but I think it's because I've been talking about it always. I'm so comfortable talking about it because that's just the way I handled it and it's a it's a healthy way to talk about it. I also went to see someone for help. I I do believe that if you struggle and to talk about someone professionally it's a good thing. I did a lot of things to remind me about my baby. Mm-hmm. I did a mosaic heart with a little photo of him in the middle. So I made practical things. That's also therapeutic, and it's all in my house. You know, I can see him everywhere. There's a photo of him in my house. Well, more than one. 
I think that's important to integrate the loss into your life, into your family, to give it its place. Mm-hmm. Um, it mustn't um, overrun everything or overpower everything in your life. But if you give it its righteous place, mm-hmm. it will not. I have a smile on my face because after Caleb, you had another baby. Yes. I was so blessed with another baby. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, he's, he's sunshine. I think he's sunshine in a person form. <laughs> How old is he now? Almost two. Was it hard planning another baby? I wanted to be pregnant right away. Because if you have lost a baby and you have prepared for a baby, you want a baby. Mm. So when I went for follow-up at the gynae six weeks, my first question was, so how long must I wait before we can try again? Right. And she said a year. Mm. I told her no way. She said, I must let my body heal physically, but I must heal emotionally as well. Right. I said to her, I hear what you're saying, but I am emotionally ready for a baby. Mm. Um, I can understand physical healing. Right. But I want to hold my baby. But I want baby. a baby yes. now. Mm-hmm. So I waited six months. She said for physical healing is six months. So for six months, I knew I couldn't be pregnant. And after six months, I relaxed and said, now I can fall pregnant whenever the time is ready. And I believed God will decide when that time is. How long did it take? Well, after seven months, I was pregnant. So the six months, I was careful not to fall pregnant. So it actually was this just one month and then I was pregnant. Mm. And I didn't even, I wasn't really trying because... I realized that process was important. Mm -hmm. You have to grieve the loss. You mustn't try to replace. Mm. You have to go through that process. So I didn't want to rush it. Um, I really believed God will decide when the time was ready. Were you afraid in this pregnancy that the same might happen? Oh, a lot. Oh, I was very afraid. That's so normal. Mm. Oh, I struggled with fear. I struggled to get excited about the pregnancy Mm. because I think unconsciously you want to protect yourself Mm. for in case this happens again. So I couldn't get excited in the beginning. Uh, I felt very numb, but I had a lot of support and and I made sure I had support. So I think I managed the anxiety, and that's what I tell other women as well. You are going to have anxiety. That's a given because of what have, have happened. But you must manage it so it's controllable and it doesn't make your pregnancy negative and it doesn't interfere with your health. So I kept on seeing people to help me to keep the anxiety low. I also prayed a lot I do trust God still mm. so I I prayed about my baby for my baby we bought a book with with scriptures and and positive 
affirmations, affirmations yes, to speak over him. We did that every day. I also had brought a, a, a Doppler so I could listen to his heartbeat. Wow, you bought one so that yes. you could listen to? That helped a lot. So mm. the moment I was thinking, is he still there? Then I put on the Doppler, I would hear his heartbeat and I'd say, he's still there, everything is fine. I want to speak to that because I would imagine that you are doing things to avoid fear and anxiety. Yes. And I'm almost okay with that. I'm saying, do what it takes. Yes. Do what it takes yes. so that you can be in a position where you can be closer to calm or as Definitely. close to calm as you can get. Yes. People mm. um, said, I read a lot, I heard what people said, and a lot of people told me not to get a Doppler because it will make me too anxious. It will not be a good thing. But for me, that was a good thing. Mm. So I think you have to decide for yourself mm. what will be helpful. I think you're fairly calm. I'm looking at you now. Your, your energy is really you. Since I've shaken hands with you walking in here, I think your, your energy is very calm. You're a calm person. <laughs> I, I, everybody tells me that. I don't always feel calm. Mm. Yes. But also to have a healthcare professional, a doctor, mm. who is very understandable. And and I had a doctor like that where I could phone her and tell her I'm, I'm anxious, mm. check if everything is okay. And she wouldn't be upset with me or mm. impatient with me. Right. She tolerated. She was more than tolerating. She was understanding. Mm. She had so much compassion. And after about 29 weeks, she said, at any time when I felt uneasy, I could go into maternity ward and they could put the monitor on and see if everything was okay. Right. And to have a doctor like that mm. is amazing because amazing. she didn't tell me, oh, you're overreacting, you must make peace now or it won't happen again or it's not that bad. She was understanding. What encourages me most when I have these conversations with us ordinary moms who are extraordinary is, is that no matter in what circumstance they find themselves, makies ook wat die situasie nie. Amal hierdie mamas het so groot hart dat hulle gee nog steeds en een deel van my gaan ek wonder waar vanaf het kom en die ander kant gaan ek wow, ons het net soveel Dat is soveel om te gee, jy weet, ons het hier die groot harte, amal, amal wil net nog gee, en nog, en nog. En hier is jy, a vrou wat in pijn is, a woman who has suffered pain, a woman who has suffered loss, and you're still giving, and you're still lending support. I want to talk about that, because Nanki, what has happened to you was life-changing. Yes. And yet you see the blessing in it because you can help so many other people. I want to tell you how it started. I had a conversation with God the one day because I was in a pit of darkness. Mm. I didn't want to live anymore. And I told God, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in this dark pit. So he must help me to get out of this. And I thought, okay, God, give me someone to help because then I could focus outside I couldn't focus on my own pain anymore mm. because I knew that would help me. So I asked God, please, God, send me someone to help. 
And then I heard of someone through my midwife that they have lost actually twins. Um, they were in, in ICU, but they didn't survive. So I had my first customers, like I said. Um, I call them customers, but it's not customers. It's It's people like me. And I decided to make boxes because it's something tangible. Mm. It is not a wishy-washy um, talk or just verbal words. It's something tangible mm. to show them. I think about them. I recognize their loss mm. and I want to give them hope. So the box... Um, uh, the idea I got from another company in America that does that. But the goal of it is really to to tell to other people, there is others like you. You're not alone. Not alone, yeah. And you can be happy again after this. There is hope that you can be, you have, can experience joy again. So what's inside the box is not always so important, although I do think about what I put inside. Mm. I think the thought about giving something to someone is it's powerful. Is powerful. doesn't matter what's inside. It is a beautiful box, though. I try to keep it hand-decorated because it gives that personal touch. Mm. Um, I have friends who help me to decorate I don't do that all by myself. I have very talented friends. We try to make it beautiful, so it's part of the the gift. Mm -hmm. I try to put in things that will help people grieve, almost to give them ideas or tips or, or steer them in a direction of mm -hmm. how to go through this journey. So I came across some books that is really helpful for the grieving process. Um, I put in a journal because I want to encourage people to write. doesn't matter what they write. It mu they must express what's in their hearts. Mm. Um, I always include a candle because I received a candle after I lost my baby. And that is, for me personally, I light the candle when I'm thinking about him or on special days. And it, it's part of my family um, routine. My eldest son Joshua often, when he comes into the house, he asks me if he can lit Caleb's candle. Oh wow! Then I know he's also thinking about him. Mm. If people is visiting for the first time, he also often asks me, "Can I lit the candle?" Okay. I think it's a very healthy thing, um, but the candle is just helpful mm. to include in your life to remember your baby. And to show something tangible. I know this sounds silly, but if I light my candle, I believe Caleb sees me. Mm. And he can see I'm consciously thinking about him. It sounds very silly, it's but I, not silly. I almost want to show him, you know, you're still part of our family and is I still a, miss you. This is a very good and it is... In the holy books, it's it's actually it's actually written that in 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 Yiddish, if you if you light a yurtzite candle, you you celebrating someone's life. So it's a very I think it's a very special and 
and beautiful way to to recognize someone and also i love how your son is is able to to light the candle you know yes he can remember his brother and memories are good memories yes. about people who are no longer here it's good it's good to think yes. about them yes i also have a coffee mug inside with beautiful words or scripture mm. on it and um, the reason why i include the coffee mug is I know as a mom who have lost a baby, I like to have things in my house who reminds me of him. Mm. So I want a mom to take that mug and every time she drinks coffee, which is every day, mm. she thinks about her baby and she will associate that mug mm. with the baby, her, her baby. So that's just a practical thing. Um, some people don't use the mugs. But it's their choice. Some use it, some don't. There's also a fridge, fridge magnet inside um, with also nice wording or scripture on. And it's also every time you walk past the fridge, you see something that reminds you or is associated with your baby. Um, then there's just treats in like um, nougat. I don't put chocolate in because it melts. So nougat is a... Very practical, sweet. <laughs> and then sometimes a cappuccino sachet, but I like to put in a tea, um, a relaxed tea or a nightrest tea. That really is also something practical to use. Um, then scripture cards. Um, I picked 10 of my favorite scriptures, which helped me the most. Um, I put them onto cards and I actually have a lady that does that for me now. She posted on pretty paper. So it's beautiful. It's not just printed. It's it is stunning. It's a beautiful box. Yes. Yeah, so let me just think the candle, the mug. Oh, and then I make bath salts as well. I make that myself. Um, I want to make the candle myself as well. I think that's in the process. I'll, mm. I'll still do that. And, our hand cream also just a treat but the most important thing for me in that box is actually my letter i put in a letter from me mm. um and i've received feedback from other mommies that said that has been very helpful the letter i always encourage them to also to contact me if they want to then we go for coffee some people want to, some not, but mm. I love going with these moms on a on a coffee um, appointment and talk to them. Mm. And you don't have to do much. I ask them, tell me about your baby. Tell me what happened. You know what? Because nobody asks them. Yeah. Nobody wants to. Mm. So then they often ask me some questions like, how do you get over this? How do you cope with your other children does your marriage survive this will i ever be happy again how do you survive a future pregnancy so there often are questions that they ask me but i primarily go to listen and sometimes that's enough that's all they need i shake my head nanki and your eyes are sparkly and your voice is calm and and I realize that through 
through Caleb, you've become an instrument. You've become someone with purpose who's helping so many people through this podcast, through what you do, through your boxes of hope. I love the fact that there's a box of hope that has reminders and treats and words of wisdom and affirmations and encouragement in it. And I want to commend you. It's a beautiful box, but your story and the way you speak of all your children is such an encouragement. Such an encouragement, Nanki. And I know, I know as much as I weet, I weet for sure that that there is mamas and papas that vandaag luister and that you have touched their lives because there's hope. You've given us hope. So I want to say thank you for sharing your story because it's so personal. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love sharing my story. I've received a lot of grace. So I want to give back. I received so much. Baby Brunch is made just for you by Bright Rock. Becoming a parent changes everything, from your sleep schedule to your finances. That's why Brightrock's Needs Match Life Insurance lets you precisely craft a solution to cover your specific needs. From protecting your income to covering your debts and your child's future, because you pay just for the cover you need, you can get up to 40% more cover. So get the first ever Needs Matched Life Insurance that changes as your life changes. Go to brightrock.co.za. Brightrock Life is an authorized financial services provider and registered insurer. Terms and conditions apply.